Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Saturday night get-together on CBS Sports Radio. You know, we'll be bopping around the league trying to get in as many team previews as we can. We're heading down to the bayou for our next one. Jordan Mac coming to you live from the Rock and Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Will the Rockets blare in New Orleans this year? Well, there's a couple of things that that will depend on here to uh, give us the insight on them. He covers the uh, Saints for WLL.com down there in uh, Baton uh, on the Bayou. Uh, We'll talk to Jeff Nowak here for the next couple of minutes on the upcoming season for the New Orleans Saints. Jeff Jordy Mack here. How are you doing? How's your summer finishing up? I'm doing good. Yeah, well, well, you say finishing up, but down in Louisiana, summer does, does not end. Uh, it, summer, it's like eight months of summer and then four months of something else. Um, so we, we still got, it, it was 80, 80 degrees today, and I was like, man, this is so nice. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm surviving. I've been here for about uh, six years now, so I've acclimated. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're making it through. Were you prior to a northerner like the uh, f- foolish host who didn't give you accolades for your entire summer season down there in New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Connecticut, um, and then I lived in South Carolina for four years. So I lived in Massachusetts for a little bit. So I've just been like slowly moving down. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still you know my blood is too thin from growing up uh, with snow that uh, I don't think I will ever fully be able to you know not hate everything for a couple months out of the year but yeah that's part of the that's part of the deal when you don't have to shovel a driveway yes six 60 years on this planet for yours truly never lived south of the mason dixon line so uh, (laughs) i would be afflicted just like yourself but you got to be enjoying yourself down there because the saints have had a pretty good uh off season and a pretty good start to their training camp but certainly a different one because the last 16 years it had been a sean payton led training camp how is it different with a stay within the family dennis allen led uh saints training camp this year yeah, it is kind of strange because we've got we got so used to Sean Payton, Drew Brees that every offseason was kind of this ho hum. You know the offense is going to be good. You know what to expect from you know from Drew the receivers. He's going to elevate some receivers that you might not have heard of. And this year it's a lot different. You know, you brought in Jarvis Landry. You're getting Michael Thomas back. You have a new head coach, but he's a defensive head coach. So the offensive coordinator now takes a front. You know, like a much more prominent role in the in the offense. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara kind of has suspension hanging over his head. We don't know exactly what's going to happen there. So it has been kind of a very eventful training camp because we're getting to know a lot more about this new staff. Um, but it's all been coming together. Jameis Winston is the real, you know, kind of wild card for what this team, I think, can do at its upper, upper ceiling, right? Uh, and he was, he's been healthy throughout camp. He's dealing with a foot injury now. Uh, so we haven't seen him yet in the preseason, but from what we saw throughout camp, it was good. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready for, I'm ready for the regular season. The, uh, the training camp grind, uh, always drags on forever. And then the season gets here and it's, and it's all go. When Sean Payton walked away at the end of last season, uh, there, there was some good speculation as to who might be the next coach of the Saints. Dennis Allen was always on the top of the list and ended up getting the job. But how close was it, if at all, that someone from outside the organization was going to come in and replace Payton? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it ever got that close. I mean, they brought in people for interviews. They did their due diligence, and I think they – they probably knew that Dennis was the front runner and then going through the interviews, it kind of drove home that kind of idea because this team is a, is a, this franchise really values continuity, right? And if you go with an outside hire, you have to let that new hire kind of create his own staff. So, you know, you might have a head coach that didn't want to retain Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael or a lot of these position coaches who have been very, very good under Sean Payton. Um, and so I think that, you know, the entire way it was kind of, you know, if someone blows us out of the water, you know, maybe things change. But it was I, I felt all along it was Dennis's job to lose because he was going to be able to maintain, you know, Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard are the co-defensive coordinators. Pete Carmichael's still the offensive coordinator. Ronald Curry is the quarterback's coach. And uh, I think being able to retain that staff is going to help. Like if there's this kind of idea that Sean Payton not being in the building is going to cost this team this season, and I think you kind of mitigate that by having all these <laughs> Sean Payton disciples still in the building. And I think that was as big of a reason as any as why he just made the most sense to keep him around. Def Noack from WLL.com, our guest, uh, helping us preview the Saints for the upcoming 2022 season. All right, you said Jameis looked good in the preseason before camp opened up work, uh, but has had nagging injuries. That's nothing new to Jameis Winston. Uh, and last year, the Saints got off to the good start, but then Jameis went down, and the season uh, kind of took a couple steps backwards. What are they doing to make sure he gets to week one and, uh, hey, you get uh, injured walking off a curb, uh, but what steps are they taking to try and keep him upright and in the lineup for all 17 games? Yeah, so Jameis' knee injury is obviously the, the, the kind of you know, elephant in the room of, okay, how much is that going to affect him this year? He's been you know, a beast in rehab the entire offseason. He made sure to get out there for the first set of OTAs, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to see him at minicamp, if anything. He did not miss a single practice throughout OTAs throughout minicamp. He had a little bit of a kind of a limp at first, but that, that kind of dissipated as he got used to the knee brace. Um, and so I think what you're seeing now is kind of what you're talking about. This, he had a, like a minor foot injury, and they kept him out of practice for, I want to say, five days. He hasn't played in either preseason game. I don't know if he would have anyway based on what we've seen with the other players. Um, he got back to practice for the second joint practice against the Packers, but he didn't uh, participate in team drills. And that's been one of the bigger changes for the Saints this offseason. They 
fired the longtime strength and conditioning coach and brought in Matt Ray as kind of the new sports science director. And they're taking a much more scientific approach to injuries and recovery. And it's, it's been frustrating to watch at times because you see these guys have these very, very long ramp up processes. But I think we have, I think you can look, look and see the injury totals, like serious injuries are way down. They haven't had a, any major injuries in either preseason game. And I think that when you're talking about a team that had 58 different starters last year, that was an NFL record, there's no ideas or bad ideas. And I think what this team and this kind of new staff is projecting is, you know, we might lose some practice time, but making sure that everyone is as healthy as possible is more important uh, than those extra few reps that you're kind of grinding through in practice. Um, but overall, we haven't really seen too many issues from Jameis Winston. He didn't have any kind of limp um, throughout any of the drills we watched up until kind of that kind of foot. We don't even know exactly what it was. It's something to do with his foot, maybe a sprain. Um, but I don't expect that to limit him. I'd like to see him out there for the final preseason game. But even if he doesn't, I don't think that's too much of an indicator either way. Because like I said, they're being very, very cautious with when they bring people back. When Jameis went down last year, it was a rotating group of Taysom Hill, Ian Book, Trevor Simeon, who had to come in and keep the ship upright. They didn't do a great job of it last year. How much better suited are the Saints if uh, Jameis goes down again with the Red Rifle as their backup quarterback? Yeah, so last year you really got a you really got kind of a trial by fire for a lot of these quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon came in and he was the first <laughs> the first line of quarterbacks. He played four games. He started four games. He lost all four. Then at that point, Taysom Hill. I think Taysom probably would have been the first guy off the bench, but he was dealing with a concussion at that point. Then he he came in and he actually went four and one down the stretch of the season before getting hurt himself. Uh, Ian Book got in week sixteen, which was this crazy COVID. Uh, game against the Dolphins where they were down 20 starters and it was just a travesty. shouldn't have been played at all. But, you know, that's, that's kind of how that went. And so I think that's why this year you saw them, you saw the Saints really prioritize bringing in a top-end backup. And the, that signing, you know, it's, it's not a major signing, but it is probably going to be what cost them a third-round comp pick next year with Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead departing because those cancel each other out. And so you are you paid a premium for Andy Dalton. And in his defense, he has looked very good in camp. He has a really good grasp of the offense. He only led one series in the opening preseason game. He didn't play in the week two, but he went five for five, 51 yards and hit Dwayne Washington on a touchdown pass. And I think if if you're con- a person that's concerned about Jameis Winston's knee and kind of the long-term health, uh, having him there is a really good safety security blanket. Just a guy you know isn't going to get rattled because I think that's what happened with Trevor Simeon a little bit last year. It seemed at points he was rattled, especially against the Bills on Thanksgiving. It was not pretty. Um, and you just know you have a guy who's going to be consistent. And when you're looking at a team with, I would argue, a top five defense um, pretty safely with some of the players they have in the secondary and the defensive line with all those first-round picks on it, um, that's really all you need is consistency. They went 4-1 and one with Taysom Hill. Uh, last year down the stretch all they did was not turn the ball over that was the offense don't turn the ball over and the defense won you games they shut out the bucks nine nothing with Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback and that's how you can win games if you have to and that's why I think having Andy Dalton a guy you know is going to run the offense the way you need to um, that's a big big addition 
even if he never gets on the field. Ideally, he never gets on the field at all, but you do feel comfortable if you have to go to him, I think. Do want to get to that defense, but uh, don't want to leave the offense just yet. Michael Thomas out all last year, has returned, is practicing. He was arguably right there at the top of the wide receiver list in the entire National Football League, certainly top five, maybe top three, and they got nothing out of him. Back, looking good in practice. They added Jarvis Landry. They drafted Chris Olave. Yeah, Jameis, if he can stay healthy, he's got a chance to put a lot of yards up because this is a good wide receiver group that the Saints have if Thomas is back at the top of his game. Yeah, I mean, you basically overhauled the wide receiver room because Mike was never there last year. So your top three receivers last year are now four, five, six behind, you know, MT, Olave, and Jarvis Landry. And I think bringing in Jarvis was partially because, you know, they were able to get him for one year, six million. That's I think any team in the league would say, yeah, Jarvis, you can come play for us for $6 million in a one-year deal with no long-term commitment. Um, and so, yeah, that's going to be something that you, we watch and kind of see, okay, how close to the Michael Thomas we remember is the guy we are seeing. Um, it was interesting because he didn't get on the field at all during OTAs, during minicamp. The plan all along was training camp. But then right before training camp, you know, the news break, oh, he's going to start on the PUP list. Um, so all the media gets out there for the first day of camp. And I don't know if he was hiding behind somebody, uh, but, like, we're all kind of just taking attendance as you do. And all of a sudden, number 13 just sprints out to the edge during the walkthrough <laughs> and catches a pass and just kind of, like, flexes. And we're like, what? Like, it was this, like, kind of ridiculous reveal that was kind of really – it was exciting, you know? I haven't seen that guy in a year and a half. We hadn't talked to him in almost two years. So – and, and like you said, you know, if he wasn't number one in the wide receiver market, you know, kind of rankings, he was up in the top three. He had 149 receptions in 2019. It's an NFL record that Cooper Cup couldn't break with 17 games last year in his ridiculous season. Um, and so I think that's probably the biggest story on offense uh, behind maybe you lose Alvin Kamara for six games. Can Michael Thomas be anywhere near what he was because if you can and then you have that defense across from you that's that's a game changer but the weird thing is Jameis has been on this team this is his third season he has not completed a pass to Michael Thomas in a game it has not happened as bizarre as that sounds um so we still don't really know what that connection is going to look like Jameis has always been a guy who likes to air it out and I think with Olave with Deontay Hardy there are some really attractive deep options that you can go to but he's going to have to learn to take that free money and get the ball to Kamara in the flat, get the ball to MT on whatever route he's able to run and get open because that's what these receivers do better than anybody else, I think, is just get open. Um, they're not going to blow you away with speed. They're not going to take the top off the defense, but they are going to create separation and they're going to make contested catches, and those are the throws that Jameis, I don't think, has excelled on throughout his career, and that's what he's going to have to do for this offense to be successful, I think. All right, let's flip it over to the defense. When you lose a uh, safety like Marcus Williams, Pro Bowl level, All-Pro level safety, you think there's going to be a massive drop-off. But they go out and get the Honey Badger, more wearing the tires than Williams, but uh, certainly a tough-flight safety still at this stage of his career. And I'm a Marcus May fan from the Jets. I thought he played well enough for New York. Uh, they decided to go in another direction. Did they do enough to replace Marcus Williams in the secondary? Well, keep in mind, it's not just Marcus Williams. Malcolm Jenkins also retired, who I, I have a ton of respect for Marcus or Malcolm Jenkins' game. He was a very, very effective, strong safety, even late in his career. 
So you were replacing both starting safeties. And safety is not a complicated position, but it is a position where you have to have, you know, almost kind of like telepathy. And you have to be able to play off each other and know what the other guy's going to do. The Saints play a lot of uh, two-man defense, which means man-to-man on the outside, which you have to cover corners to do it. And then you have two deep safeties who are kind of patrolling half the field. And so they need to be able to play off each other. And, you know, it took a while to get Marcus May back on the field. He's recovering from an Achilles injury. Um, Tyron was out for the first, for the first week of camp dealing with family stuff. So it was a bit of a slow kind of build into that, that relationship. And I'm still not sure what it's going to look like. I think we might see some, um, struggles in terms of just getting to know each other. I think that's natural with a brand new kind of safety tandem on the back end. And that's why I think, you know, that week two matchup with the Bucks is, uh, is going to be tough if Tom Brady shows up and is Tom Brady because they're still going to be kind of finding their way. But, you know, I, I have so much respect for Tyron Matthew and the way he goes about his game. Um, it's really cool to have him back in New Orleans. Um, when he came out of LSU, there was, he was dealing with a lot of personal stuff, and, you know, he would be the first to tell you that going to New Orleans and playing professional football in New Orleans as a young player um, would have been bad for him um, in terms of just, you know, some of the influences that were going to have happened. Uh, and so he's later in his career, he's a 10-year veteran now, and he's a more mature guy. He's learned a lot. And now he's the guy who's kind of bringing those life lessons into the locker room. So when you can replace a Malcolm Jenkins with a Tyron Matthew, you're doing a pretty good job. And so I don't know. It, it's always tough because Marcus Williams was more of a free safety. Like, he wasn't playing strong. He was going to be in center field. And I don't think that's necessarily what Dennis Allen wanted to do. He, he likes to use the term multiplicity. They want to be able to shift Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. Sometimes Marcus is going to be playing free. Sometimes he's going to be playing strong. And the same is going to go for Tyron. And so I, I'm really interested to see how that kind of looks. And like I said, we have not seen basically any of the starters in the preseason. So we're going exclusively on practice reps, which, you know, there's no tackling. It's not full speed. So I don't think until week one, you know, maybe we see a lot of these guys out there in week three. But until week one, I don't think anyone really knows just how good that's going to look. But it does help when you have Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo on the other side, who has been the star of camp so far, because you're going to have a hard time getting a lot done on the edges of this defense. If it's definitively been stated and you know, please tell me because I'm not sure that I know, who's going to be calling the plays from the sidelines for the defense on this coaching staff? I got the feeling that could we have too many cooks spoiling the broth on the defensive side with the head coach and a couple defensive coordinators? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. Um so Dennis Allen says that he is going to continue calling the play, and, which okay. is interesting because you have a co-defensive coordinator set up. So Chris Richard is handling the secondary. Ryan Nielsen is handling the defensive line. And then Michael Hodges is the linebacker coach. He's, for whatever reason, you don't have tri-defensive coordinators, but he's a very <laughs> important person as well. Um, and so I think that it's going to be interesting to watch because Dennis Allen is a new head coach. He's been a head coach before. Um, but I think one pitfall that, you know, new head coaches end up having to be aware of is taking on too much and not delegating enough, not trusting the guys around you. Um, because I think that there is a, there is a scenario where, you know, some of the head coaching duties, some of the, the larger perspective stuff gets lost in the wash when you're busy calling the defensive plays. Uh, and I think that Ryan Nielsen getting that, 
um, action in the preseason. He's been calling the plays the first two weeks of the preseason. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something, if the defense is, has a couple rough games, if maybe you, you switch that up. But for what we know right now, Dennis Allen is going to call the defensive plays in the preseason finale, and that is the plan for the regular season, if he's going to call the defensive plays with Pete Carmichael taking over as the offensive play caller. All right. You mentioned uh, week two against uh, the Buccaneers, who the Saints always find a way to beat. Either Tom Brady led or not, they usually beat them once in the regular season, at least. They yeah, get them week the two. Playoffs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the playoffs are another issue. Um, but they open at Atlanta and the next week at Carolina. So three divisional games to get the season going. Home Minnesota, home Seattle, who doesn't look real good. Other than the Tampa matchup, and you got that one in your house, that's not a daunting start to the season. How fast do the Saints have to start if they want to compete with Tampa throughout all 18 weeks? Yeah, it's, it's not a daunting start, but that also means that you can't afford to start slowly because this schedule really starts to get difficult uh, in the kind of middle stretch. So you, right. you really need to win at least two of those games. I think you could start 2-1 and one and feel okay about it. You can't go 1-2. and two. Because then you have to go to you go to London to play the Vikings. Uh, the Saints have traditionally done well in London, so I feel good about their chances there. But then they come back on a short week. Well, not a short week, but they come back with that kind of jet lag travel to host Seattle. And then, you know, you have a game against the Bengals with Joe Burrow coming to town. It's going to be a lot of energy for that. Then you have Arizona on a short week. So, like, if you don't start mm, four and one, maybe right. three and two, you could easily be way too far behind in the standings as you get to the final stretch because the final stretch is kind of like the beginning of the season you have a lot of division matchups and you should do fair pretty well but if you don't start well and you leave yourself having to find wins in the you know the cardinals raiders ravens steelers rams 49ers bucks stretch of the season <laughs> you're, you're asking for trouble um so i think conservatively speaking you want to see four and one at the worst uh, after the first five weeks they need to get out of the blocks quickly. If they do, they got a chance to have a real nice season. We and think. they did that last year. They started 5-2 and two last year. Yeah, and then, unfortunately, Jameis went down and the rotating quarterbacks, the carousel of quarterbacks started. We'll see if Jameis can stay upright and on the field and give the Saints a chance to be a playoff team. Jeff, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. You gave us a real nice breakdown. Enjoy your season and the ongoing summer in New Orleans. <laughs> for sure. Thanks so much for having me on. Jeff Nowak from W. LL.com uh, covering the Saints in New Orleans these days, a former Northerner like yours truly. Yeah, summer. Summer for me is three months. That's it. It's not even three months. Uh, they've got summer all here down there on the bayou. All right, Jody Mack coming back. We put the Saints in the mix. We continue our previews of the teams in the National Football League. You hop aboard and talk about your team at 855-212-4227. We're talking football here on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.